Hi, and welcome back to the Pleasing God podcast, a weekly show focused on helping Christians to think biblically, engage practically, and live faithfully for the glory of God. I'm your host, Jonathan Soule, and we're going to pick up where we left off last time, talking about faith. We began by defining what faith is and then how we can apply it, looking at faith biblically. And as I said last time, I think it would be good to look at examples from the scriptures that show us what true faith looks like and how through faith, obstacles can be overcome, trials can be faced, and our trust and reliance upon the Lord can ultimately be increased. And the author of Hebrews, in, in, in some sense, makes this argument in chapter 11, has been going through and wanting to encourage these first century believers who are struggling with uh, maybe some persecution, maybe uh, this idea of walking in faith, but some are falling away, some are failing to regularly meet together, and there's an example that some are not persevering in the faith. And when you get to chapter 11 of Hebrews, the author devotes the whole chapter to the necessity of faith. And the argument is that the saints of old from the Old Testament all were saved by faith and they died in faith. They didn't start in faith and then fall away, but they continued in. And it's such a good principle and practice to look to examples of others, not that we would simply mimic them or just kind of compare ourselves, but we can look to them, those that have gone before us and how they lived, how they lived a life of faith and how they finished. And we can learn from them as they sought to honor God and live lives that were faithful. And so the second name, the first name mentioned in Hebrews 11 is Abel and how he offers a sacrifice better than Cain's. He's faithful to do what God has asked him to do, and he dies from it. He paid the ultimate price for simply being faithful. Cain rises up against him, and principally speaking, when we live by faith, we'll create enemies. We're not doing it on purpose. We're seeking to obey God, but we have to recognize that that's one of the consequences, and we must be okay with that. We cannot be liked by everybody, it's just impossible. But the second name I want to look at, and is worthy of our talk here, is Noah, following in the order of Hebrews 11, picking up in verse 7, the author writes, by faith, Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear, constructed an ark for the saving of his household. By this, he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. Now, if we grew up in the church and Sunday school, we're, we're so acquainted with these stories of the Old Testament heroes. I remember looking at little books uh, in Sunday school of, you know, the giraffe with their, their necks hanging out the ark and all these birds and everything just kind of overflowing. And it looked like such a fun time. Uh, bright colors, really appealing as a children's book. Uh, But then as I got a little bit older and I started to reflect on the account of the flood, it's not a happy story. No, in fact, it's, it's a tragedy. 
the whole world is condemned except for the family of Noah. God basically presses the hard reset button, preserves one family, and the rest of humanity is consumed because they would not get on the ark. And thinking about this and what Noah had to go through and Noah had to endure as a faithful man, he was marked among the few. And he is certainly an example of faith as we would dive into the story. So who is Noah? Well, the scriptures tell us that he is a righteous man in the midst of an unrighteous world, that Noah was one who found grace or favor in the sight of God, while everybody else, the wickedness of man, is increasing continually on the earth. Uh, The story of Noah picks up really uh, in Genesis chapter 6, right after uh, you have creation, chapters 1 and 2, you have the fall Uh, Sin enters the world in chapter 3. You have Cain and Abel, first murder in chapter 4. You have a genealogy uh, going from Adam, which ends with Noah in chapter 5. And then we have the Noah story that picks up. And it's prefaced by this increasing corruption that's all over the face of the earth. People are doing what is evil continually. The intentions of the thoughts of the heart of man were only evil continually. But then in Genesis 6, 8, we find that Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. So Noah is a righteous man who uh, seeks to obey God, live by faith in the midst of an unrighteous world. And we can go so far back in the Old Testament and think, wow, this is such a different world. And in some ways, yes, it is, but there's nothing new under the sun. And the call to live faithfully today is the same call that Noah had. And if we think about our world today, many of us are in the midst of an unrighteous world. And the call is the same, to be like Noah in this way, a righteous man in the midst of an unrighteous world. And the author of Hebrews makes it clear, and I just kind of want to break down this verse, verse 7, that Noah was first warned of God. This is important to see, that, that God came to Noah and gave him a warning, or he admonished him. And what we see here as the example of faith is that first and foremost, Noah listened to what God said. Faith listens to God. It's simple, yet I think oftentimes we can forget this. We can get so ahead of ourselves and so wrapped up in maybe something that we're struggling with, a trial, maybe the pressure of an unrighteous world all around us, and we fail to listen to God. We fail to slow down, to stop and be still and know that he is God. And so Noah listened to what God had said. Now, we do recognize that in the time of Noah, uh, there was no scriptures. And so God was speaking audibly. God was speaking personally in these times to these people. The author of Hebrews, even at the very beginning of his letter, makes this clear that long ago at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. And so, uh, in this sense, God's speaking to Noah, and he's warning him of something that is about to happen. And so, faith listens to God. That's what we can principally see that. And for us as New Covenant, New Testament believers in Jesus Christ, who have the whole canon of Scripture, God's complete and final revelation to us, 
to listen to God is to hear God's word, is to read God's word, and to not just read it academically or to cross off the boxes, but to hear from God what he has and uh, is saying to us through his word, by his spirit that dwells within us. And so Noah, by faith, a righteous man, he was warned of God, therefore he listened. And what was the warning that Noah received? Well, the author of Hebrews tells us he was warned by God concerning events as yet unseen. Well, we're familiar with the story. We know what's being stated here. God was telling Noah of a future event, the future catastrophic event. Now, from the early part of the Genesis account, there's a firmament that covers the the earth and there's no evidence that rain even came down. So when God's speaking to him, he's telling him about a flood and he's talking about waters coming out of the sky. And it's probably safe to conclude that this has never happened before. And so God is telling Noah about something that's going to happen in the future that has never happened in the past. So here's the here's kind of the maybe even a crisis moment for Noah. Is he going to believe God concerning events unseen? Noah hears not what is or what has been, but what will be. And now he has to decide, is he going to, is he going to do something about it? Is he going to heed the warning from God? Really here, Noah must hear from God and he must believe God. This is where oftentimes the disconnect will come with faith, is that we might read or hear something, but do we believe it? Do, do we believe it to be true? Well, we certainly know how it was with Noah. He did. The very next line, after being warned of God concerning the events unseen that will take place in the future, a future judgment, what does Noah do? He responds in reverent fear. This is Noah's response to God's revelation to him. You see, many people in the world today hear the warnings of God. Maybe they find themselves in church Easter or Christmas, or they've been associated somehow, some way, and they've heard the warnings of God concerning final judgment, life, death, eternity. And these are events that are unseen in their minds, but the response becomes a casual dismissal or an outright rejection of God's warning concerning events unseen. And Noah here could have been warned by God concerning events unseen and responded in casual dismissal, just like everybody else does who perishes. But that is not the case with Noah. Instead, he responds to what he hears from God concerning what he has not seen in reverent fear. Another way to put this is simply he believed what God has said because God said it. He didn't ask for further explanation. He didn't say, hey, give me some more information so I can process this and determine whether or not I should do something about it. No, Noah responded reverently to God or moved with fear, not, not slavish, not scared, but in an honest, believing heart. Noah took what he heard concerning the future and believed it. And we know this because finally 
he takes action. Being warned of God concerning events unseen in reverent fear can all still be internal. What does Noah do concerning everything that has been revealed to him? Well, we read he constructed an ark. I don't think we should gloss over this. Peter tells us that Noah was a preacher of righteousness, not a mighty shipbuilder. Noah is most likely in the Mesopotamian world in the ancient Near East. There's nothing to to suggest that he's on the coast. And so imagine what it was like for Noah to start building an ark. He's a preacher, probably in the desert somewhere in an arid climate. And there's people all around him. No doubt they thought he was the crazy man, always talking about God, talking about a coming judgment, talking about fleeing from the wrath to come, to repent of their sins. And he's constructing the means of salvation that God had said. And he doesn't have power tools. God gives him the plans and the dimensions to build this ark, this ship that for the saving of whoever shall come upon the ark and for the animals of two of every kind. And Noah begins the process of building the ark. Well, this wasn't a two-week project either. No, it took Noah 120 years to build this ark. Can you imagine what year 20 was like? He's got his boys with him. He's got Ham and Japheth and Shem. And they're saying, Dad, what are we doing out here? We've been building this thing for 20 years, and there hasn't been any water that comes out of the sky. Are you sure? And Noah looks to his boys and says, God has spoken. God has warned us. Let's continue. Maybe even some of Noah's friends or acquaintances come around. They start laughing at the old man as he's hammering away on his boat. What are you doing, old man? Why do you keep doing this? Why don't you take a break? Enjoy life. You're so focused on this thing. And Noah responds, God has spoken. Must continue to build the boat. A hundred years in and everybody's weary, maybe even Noah at this time. And asking the questions like, God, is this what I'm supposed to do? I mean, everybody is making fun of me. People are losing faith. My my family's struggling, you know. Maybe even Noah at some points along the way might have been struggling with, is this really going to happen? Yet, he knows that he's been warned by God concerning events unseen and continues to build the ark. Until that final day, he builds the door. The door's too big for him to close it himself. And it's the last day. And for 120 years, Noah has preached, come on to the ark to be saved. And all that come on is just his family and the the animals and the birds. The day finally arrives, and Noah and his family walk into the ark. And because they cannot close the door, God shuts them in. And in that moment, the raindrops begin to hit the roof. And not only that, but water comes from the fountains of the deep. It opens up from the bottom. And everybody who thought that Noah was foolish didn't think so anymore. And Noah, being warned of God concerning events unseen in reverent fear, constructed an ark for the salvation of his family. Noah certainly is an example of faith 
He's an example of persevering faith. He's an example of walking forward when it does not make sense at all. What he was told was illogical because he has no reference point other than the fact that God said it. And there are times in our lives as believers that we are going to face, not in the same degree as Noah, but situations that are similar, where we must persevere in faith. Though everyone around us might think we are crazy, we know that God has spoken. God has spoken concerning events unseen, and we are to walk in reverent fear, taking action with what God has said. We are to believe. We are to do something about it. And Noah is remembered as a champion of faith because he took what God said to heart and acted upon it. If you're anything like me, I need this reminder. I need to look to heroes of the past, heroes of the faith, and see how they overcame, how they faced challenges and trials, and yet they were sustained and They run the race well, and they finish well. Noah had his problems even after the ark. Nobody uh, is without fault except for the Lord Jesus Christ. But nonetheless, uh, Noah serves as an example to us who might be struggling, who might be looking around and saying, you know, "How, how do I persevere? How do I continue on? My encouragement to you and to my own soul is to go back and listen to God. Listen to God in his word seek the promises of God, believe what God has said, and then act upon it. Walk by faith. Be an example, even if no one else around you will. If Noah was graded as a preacher, he would have gotten fired a long time before he ever got to the ark, because in his ministry, he only had seven converts. And in his ministry, the whole world was condemned. Not many mission agencies would want to send him out. But Noah is not remembered as a failure, but as the faithful. A faithful preacher of righteousness that God saved and repopulated the world through his family. And so let the story of Noah be an encouragement to you. If you feel alone, if you feel like you're struggling in faith, feel like you're surrounded by naysayers, just remember to listen to God, to spend time in his word with him and respond in action that you might be strengthened and find some others. Noah was not totally alone. He had his family. Attach yourself to others that will help you and strengthen, help to strengthen your faith as you would help to strengthen theirs as you persevere in this Christian life until the end. I pray that Noah is a help to all of us as we think about living by faith in these days. I want to thank you for listening to the Pleasing God podcast. If you have any questions, I would love to hear from you. You can reach out at questions at pleasinggodpodcast.org. And remember, 1 Thessalonians 4.3, this is the will of God, your sanctification.